0: Bible study on Acts chapter 3. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man was lame from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked at him straight Looked straight at him as John, as did John. Then Peter said, "Look at us." So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, "Silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Christ of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk." Taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. as you can see. So this was really important to me, and I underlined it in the study Bible. <clears throat> it was by faith. So this man who was sitting there must have had faith. And it was the obviously the name of Jesus that caused this to happen. And the only reason that God does any miracles is so that people can know God, can recognize God, can see God, can experience God. God doesn't do it just to make somebody better. He has a greater purpose behind it. He has a greater purpose so that people will recognize God, recognize who God is, what he can do, what his power is, and that they can be called to him to be in his kingdom. The whole thing, Jesus was here to save us, to make it possible for us to be in God's kingdom. And that's how God shows himself to people through the name of Jesus. This is all done in the name of Jesus, that people are healed and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's really important, but faith is the foundation of it all. Going back to scripture. Now, fellow Israelites, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah. Who has been appointed for you, even Jesus, heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets have, who have spoken have foretold these days, and you are the heirs of the prophets and the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So that's really important to <clears throat> comprehend. I mean, every time that this seems to come up about salvation, it's something that many churches that I've seen um, that people maybe like to go to, they don't ever, or rarely do they ever talk about repentance but repentance is key. Repentance is that surrendering that is to recognize that we are sinners. Nobody wants to call somebody a sinner. But it's almost like once you can finally say that, yes, I'm a sinner, um, it's it takes some burden off of you. Because, you know, if you don't think you're a sinner, that's prideful. You think you're too good. You don't think you're a sinner. And that's the other mistake that I see that I had a lot was I always thought that the leaders in churches were like perfect people. And then when they fall and something bad, they do something bad that's against what the Bible says, people are so quick to condemn them. But in reality, they're human beings just like us, just like every one of us. And yes, they should be uh, help hold themselves you know, accountable. They will be. You know, get in trouble for that. They will be reprimanded by God for doing wrong things. But the people who are observant of them—that's the sad thing—is that it often affects somebody's um, somebody who is just learning or just seeking. It it affects them to where they see someone who is in that kind of a position and then get a bad. Reaction to that religion because of the leader of that religion, when in reality, that leader is so insignificant that if that person gets taken out, somebody else will replace them because God's message is going to go through the world. And God will use whomever is willing, whomever he chooses and whomever is willing to accept his call to spread the message to other people and so that leader that maybe people look up to is is just like one of us is no different than one of us and we can't expect that person to be much different than any one of us they're going to have sinful moments like everyone who is even saved they should sinful moments should be fewer and fewer the longer that you are obedient to Christ, the longer that you're connected to Christ, that you have the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit works in you, that should all change over time, that you'll be less and less sinful, because that's by the work of the Holy Spirit, as long as you stay connected to the Spirit. And how do you stay connected to the Spirit? In prayer and through reading Scripture, because every time you open up Scripture, you will probably learn something. If you read on if you read it, you meditate on it, you study it you don't have to speed read it if you just reflect on a chapter and just take some time to really think about what it means reflect on it those are the ways that you stay that we stay connected to God and so like doing this podcast it helps me stay connected to God and hopefully it helps somebody other than me get closer to God as well um, and that's just what God wants for all of us God wants all of us to be closer to him. And so as often as you can get into scripture, you're going to benefit yourself. And, you know, God will start showing you what he will start leading you. The Holy Spirit will start leading you into whatever God has prepared you for, because God has a purpose for every person. He has made every single person with a specific role, to be in the time and a place and a location and a reach that we have. And nothing is coincidence. That's the way I, I come concluded with after studying scripture, is that God uses all sorts of experiences in life with a purpose. Anytime that you think, wow, that was a coincidence, you might want to think a little bit harder about that. It could be a temptation. It could be like an evil thing that God is testing you because that does happen. Or it could be a God send thing where God is helping you. And, or it can just be a blessing from God. Like God can take a look at people and say, you know, this person has been doing a lot of really good things. I'm going to, I'm going to do something really special for this person. And something unexpected will happen. And those are all things that we should be aware of because they do happen. They happen in our life all the time. But most of us are not like spiritually aware of things like that. So we don't think that these things have, it's not a coincidence. It's not just an accident. God is very intentional and there is a purpose. So it's up to you and God to become aware of what that purpose is, pray about it, and seek God's Word to understand why. And maybe we don't always get all the answers to our questions, but we definitely get a lot. I know I've received a lot of answers to questions through Scripture. And if you seek Him, you will find Him. That is told to us way back in Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, So anyone who seeks God will find God. And if you don't feel like you've found God yet or that God's communicated with you or God's shown you something or he's blessed you, it's just your time has not yet come. Like You need to just keep seeking and only God knows why. But God will do everything in the right time, at the right moment. And it's a matter of trusting God. And we know we can trust God because of Scripture, and especially because of the prophets. Like the prophets, until I read the Bible, I didn't really understand a lot about the prophets, but that's a lot of how we can say that the Bible is true, because God spoke through these human beings and used these human beings and told them he was using them for a certain purpose, and then they foretold things that God told him told them to tell other people and they they were obedient to God. And then the things that they told people were documented into scripture and later on happened in real life, sometimes thousands of years, hundreds of years later. But it just goes to show all of us that these words were God's, these prophets were hearing from God and they were, you know, these documents were dated. They were, you know, they were used by people. They're, they're historical records of things that were said, that were told, that were going to happen. And even the prophets right now, um, not the prophets right now, but the prophets that are in the Bible right now, they have prophecies that still have not yet come, but will be forthcoming. So the prophets are a very interesting book. It's a, it's another Um, aspect of the Bible that um, you'll never get bored with the Bible if you truly study it, if you truly want to understand it's not, there's so much to the Bible and so much that will enrich your life and bless your life the longer that you're in it so I will end this for chapter 3 and we'll move on to chapter 4 next a Bible study on Acts chapter 4 who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Anas, Anas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this then peter filled with the holy spirit said to them rulers and elderly and elders of the people if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was heals, healed then know this you and all the people of israel it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, and that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. That's from Psalm 118, verse 22. Salvation is found in no one else For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. I'm going to pause right here because again, Peter and John are telling them that the only way to be saved is through Jesus, the name of Jesus. Going back to the text, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, and there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they've performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because the people were praising God for what happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and the elders had said to them, When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. (coughs) So I'm going to pause right here because the people that John and Peter were talking to, they said, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So God uses people's desires for his purpose. So God used Herod and Pontius Pilate and he allowed all that to happen so that Jesus could break the curse of death. By his death on the cross, he was the substitute sacrifice for all of our sins on that cross and by his death broke the curse that would send all of us to eternal separation from God. Only God could do that. That is why it is God that saves us, not our own works, but God who saves us. Going back to scripture. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them from time to time those who owned land or houses sold them brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need joseph a levite from cyprus whom the apostles who the whom the apostles called barnabas which also means son of encouragement sold a field he had owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet And that's the end of the chapter four. There is a top 100 question, so I'll read that. Um, What about those who have never heard about Jesus? Jesus was clear about the rules of receiving salvation when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when speaking about Jesus, the apostle Peter said in this passage, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Further, all people have to answer to God whether or not they have, quote, heard about him. The Bible indicates that God has clearly revealed himself in creation <coughs> and that he has set eternity in the human heart. This means that people see see all around them the evidence of God and sense within themselves the truth that they are meant for more than this world. God is not the problem. Humankind is. Because of sin, people reject this knowledge of God and rebel against his will. So most often when people don't choose to um, follow God or to surrender to God, it's because people <clears throat> love their sin too much. <coughs> people, we know what our sin is. We know what things we do that we shouldn't be doing. There's that, that guilt is a good thing because that guilt, if you submit yourself to God's will rather than trying to continue to rebel against God and keep your sin, then things in life will will change, will be different. But it's oftentimes people just, they love sin. And so they reject God's will. So it is only because of God's grace that he saves people from their own sinful desires. How God works out his plan is mysterious and complicated. We have our ideas of what it means for Jesus to be the way, but he is not bound by our understanding. God works to accomplish his goals in ways that we will never see or comprehend. The wideness of God's mercy and the tenacity of his love is beyond our intellectual capacity. Jesus is central in the redemption story, but God rewards those who seek him. It is our mission to help those who seek him and make sure that those who have yet to answer God's call hear and understand the gospel. God always acts justly. He never acts unfairly or wrongly. We might be surprised by the final roll call of heaven. Fortunately, it is God, not us, who will sort out all the details in each person's case. There's another part that this um, question and answer did not talk about, um, because I've heard that question before from people that would say, well, what if there's, you know, some remote Island and these people just never, ever had the opportunity or this, you know, that someone never heard about Jesus. Like, how can that happen? And that's not fair from God because there has to be some place far, far away. But, um, and then a lot of times people will say that the, the church has to Do that, has that responsibility to get the gospel all over, you know, through everywhere. But I'm trying to find where it is, and it's in the book of Revelation. But this is showing how merciful God is because He, okay, here it is. I found it. It's in Revelation chapter 14, and it's verse 6. So here's that, here's how I would say, like, Every person is going to hear God's message. So no one is going to um, not know who God is. It's going to be somebody's choice not to accept Jesus, not to believe Jesus. But everyone is going to hear about it. So here's, like I said, Revelation chapter 14, verse 6. Then I saw another angel flying in midair and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. This is before the judgment occurs. And so this is like, you know, like I said, God is so merciful. So he's even, you know, like, we always hear Christians feeling like they have to get to every single person. And really, it's just the way I see it is it's the people that are around you, the people that are closest to you, that you can share the truth with them about how people are saved, how people get into God's kingdom. Um, those are the people that are in your life that you can serve God by bringing them into God's kingdom. If you are already a believer and have already been uh, born again, born of the water, and born of the spirit, and if you haven't then seek that and like the Bible tells us um it, when you when you 've made that decision in your heart, for some reason, Jesus said, and ever the apostle said everybody you know it 's throughout the Bible that you should be baptized there's something about bapt- baptism that Jesus commanded that, but it's also I think it's important to do it because Jesus said to do it and to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And baptism is symbolic of a new life. Like you are putting to death your sinfulness, your sinful desires, you're submitting to God, you're surrendering to God saying, God, show me your will, guide me and let me do your will, and I'm going to... Put to death my sinfulness and reject that rather than rejecting you. I'm going to make that change. This is a great thing for a new year. If this hasn't happened to you already, how about this is your new year's resolution. We're not in January yet, if you're hearing this when I publish this. But, you know, that's upcoming. I mean, why not make that the date that you surrender your life or do it now so that you go into the new year and you have a a brand new life, a brand new start, a new beginning, and you stay connected with God throughout the rest of the time until Jesus returns. So, um, But now is the time to do it. I mean, I wouldn't delay it at all, because if you think about it, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to be working with you. All it takes from you is a decision. That's it. You have to recognize that you've done things that go against God and be sorry for those. You have to believe in Jesus and then you have to make a decision. So what are you going to do? And the Holy Spirit's the one who's going to change your life. Don't do like what I did where I thought, well, before I get baptized, I need to be living right. I need to remove all sin from my life before I get baptized. Well, all, I mean, that was really kind of dumb. I could get baptized with the intention with the desire to be that way and um, plan to be that way. But the best way is to receive the Holy Spirit to help you get there. Because if you just try to do it on your own, how, what if it, you know, it takes you a long time before you get there. Um, if you say, well, I'm going to wait until I'm a better person. Well, you don't get saved by being a better person. You get saved by believing in Jesus and accepting what he did on the cross for all of us and by repenting of your sins, asking God for forgiveness, realizing that the way that we all live is not the way God wants us to live and then wanting to be a new person that's more like Jesus. That's it. I mean, it's so simple. It's so easy. It is it is a decision, but it's, that's between you and God and there's going to be great treasure great reward when God's kingdom is here on earth because God's kingdom I mean this this earth that we're on right now is going to Jesus said it's going to pass away Isaiah the prophet said it's going to go away it's not going to be here forever but we will at the time of the new heavens and the new earth that it comes down from heaven we are going to be immortal those who believe in Jesus will be immortal beings and therefore be capable of Living even after this earth is completely gone, destroyed. That's got a lot of time ahead, according to the Bible. There's still like another thousand years after Jesus returns that this earth will be here. But after that, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth that only the immortal people will be living in. Only the ones who believe in Jesus and have the Holy Spirit, the new creation. As Jesus said, read. My best chapter to tell everybody to read is chapter three of the book of John, the gospel of John, because it talks about the only way that you're getting into heaven is being born again, born of the spirit, born of the water and born of the spirit, repentance and receiving the Holy Spirit. So I can't emphasize that enough. And hopefully, if you, hopefully you've done it, if you haven't done it, hopefully you can share this with someone else who needs to have this message. And hopefully they can receive it with love and know that this is for a wonderful thing in their future. It's not anything that's bad for them. It's only good if they can move forward with this. So I pray that whomever hears this message, that God touches their heart and brings them closer and shows his love. In the name of Jesus, amen.